Aspiring Headliner with QSC. In this Headliner podcast, we're welcoming musician Tom Bright onto the podcast, who's just released his new single, Down the Line. So welcome, Tom. How are you on this fine day? Hello there. I'm absolutely uh, tremendous, actually, on this beautiful afternoon how are you doing wonderful yes all the better talking to you you're very enthusiastic for a drizzly tuesday i know if i look outside the enthusiasm does um (laughs) get slightly zapped but no i've got the curtains closed and (laughs) i'm happy in my solitude (laughs) excellent excellent and where are you i'm in north london okay very nice I know the accent doesn't uh, give that away, but yeah, I'm North London based. Yes. So where are you from? Because that's definitely not a North London accent, is it? I am from a village called Little Eton in the beautiful county of Derbyshire. Oh, lovely. I'm a a Peak District man. I see. Nice place to be. I mean, not that you're there now, but um, did you go back, um, I suppose, would I say during lockdown or because of lockdown? A lot of people sort of returned to... Um, whence they came, if they were from London, you know, once everything I, got shut down. Yeah, I was one of the one of the masses to um, leave London during that time. I, I left. Um, I was living in Tottenham actually at the time, and yeah, I just kind of got out as quick as I could, went back, and I had. I was there in March, and I moved back to London at the end of August last year so nearly like six months I had back in my uh, in my original surroundings so and I, I actually wrote a book and this new album there so it was a, a productive time very productive sort of putting the rest of us all to shame for just watching Netflix and doing nothing else apart from work writing a book and I, an album. I watched a lot of Netflix don't worry <laughs> okay, you did that too. Fine. I know we're all out there together watching the same things, most likely. <laughs> we are. We've got to be. I've not completed it yet. <laughs> not yet. No, there's always more. That's the thing. Always more. Not always good stuff, but yeah. Well, um, tell me about this book then. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a quirky thing that came out of my my uh, confused brain. And it's called This Bloke in the Village. There's a short collection of poems and short stories based around a village in a very new lockdown era so totally inspired by what was going on um you know march april last year was all a bit weird wasn't it and so yeah it was um and it's quite a quirky weird little book uh, a lot like me really so yeah (laughs) okay and where can people get hold of this book tom you can get hold of a copy of that on Amazon. So you can get another of those um, many Amazon delivery drivers posting one of those through your door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And I know you're usually gigging a fair bit. You've also, you've played Glastonbury before, haven't you? So how has the lockdown affected you? I know that's a big question. Obviously, you've moved back for a little while and written a lot, as I can see. But um, how interrupted has your usual sort of musical schedule been? On the live front, yeah, it was totally uh, uh, blown up, as all of us. I, I was um, last year. I was gearing up for 
<clears throat> the release of my first album, just as the wheels kind of came off. But we went gung ho with it and um, still made a, a success of the album release. It was picked up by the right people and, and given some huge support. Um, and I guess I, I just kind of thought, well, it's different. It's going to be a gift of time that I'm probably never going to get again, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, got my head down, wrote album two. Um, when things relaxed last July, um, I got back together with Ed Harcourt and we got this new album down, done and dusted in three very long days. Um, and then when I moved back to London, actually, I set up a radio station. I set up Islington Radio, which is very quickly become uh, quite a quite a name. Uh, we've got a great um, lineup on there. People like Paul Gallagher and Shay Delican from Gorillas, and yeah, all, all kinds of varied left field alternative shows. So. It has been a very busy time um, and now I'm coming out of it in a great kind of strong position because we've had the first four singles come out from the new album. Um, they've gathered some real momentum. Um, they've all been exposure hot ones on Radio X with John Kennedy and Guy Garvey just picked up down the line with and um, gave it some enormous praise on Six Music this uh, this weekend. So yeah, exciting times. And and I've just signed to um, ITB, um, my new agents, and they've got an album tour booked for me in November. So it's been a a crazy time, but. Um, I'm in. I'm feeling good. Basically, I'm I'm feeling really good about what's ahead. Mm, that's really good. You've been so productive. You've done absolutely loads, to be honest. Um, and just taking it back a little bit, a little trip down memory lane. So, um, as a kid, were you always super into music and maybe playing instruments? What were you listening to then? As a kid, I wasn't musical. Um, okay, I was. I picked up a guitar way later than most. I picked up a guitar at the age of 22. Um, I was a pub landlord when I was 18. Um, youngest in the UK at the time. <laughs> Teen landlord. I didn't know that was a thing. It was a thing. I made it a thing. And it was, um, yeah, it was interesting times. Um, great times. And uh, that was an education, trust me. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I, I wasn't musical, uh, but I did love, I've always loved music and I had quite an interesting upbringing and early life and education. And I always felt that I had stories to tell. I never had the, the tools to kind of convey them. Uh, so when I picked up that guitar... I quickly found that it was almost like I'd found what I was, what I needed to find. 
Okay. And in a lot of ways, yeah, music, I mean, music totally gave me meaning and purpose, really. Because mm. I could have gone, life could have gone a very different way. Um, but no, music, when I was a kid, always into music. I was a massive, um, I got, weirdly, the, the, not weird at all, but the main music I was into was like Frank Sinatra, Bobby Darin, um, big band stuff like Sam Cooke. I remember, you know, going around to my grandma's for Sunday lunch and she'd always have the old crooners on and, and I just got a real fascination with that kind of showmanship and that um, that real crooner voice. And I, I still probably carry, even though I'm, I'm quite an, a, a stripped back guitar-based singer-songwriter, um, yeah, I try and have elements of that showmanship in in, in what I do. Mm-hmm. A broad range of um, inspirations there, and some surprising maybe for a kid, but hell, why not? Good music's good yeah. music, right? Yeah, and then I think actually on the other side of the spectrum, the first album I ever owned was um, What's the Story Morning Glory, Oasis. Strong choice. Yeah, so, you know, so then, you know, to combat that kind of um, Sinatra stuff, um, you know, I was well into the whole kind of, yeah, rock and roll and Britpop and so on. Okay. And it went from there. I see. And um, so your debut album, Self Service Checkout, was uh, quite well received, wasn't it? And it received a lot of support from radio. So, And also I've seen your vocals, I think, compared to Rod Stewart quite a lot. So is that something you get a lot? Do you know what? The Rod Stewart thing kind of started to, um, yeah, one person said I sounded like Rod Stewart and then another one did. And then it's kind of like quite a few people have now said, that Tom Bright is the new Rod Stewart, which, I mean... Oh, wow. Blooming heck. No pressure, Tom. I'll take that. I will take that all day long. I'm, I'm Tom Bright. I'm not Rod Stewart. And, um, but, yeah, things were picked up by the, you know, some um, some real champions. I've, I've had so much support from the likes of John Kennedy at Radio X, uh, Guy Garvey, you know, he he's, was a big supporter of Album One as well and Gary Crowley and loads of big figures. Um, so enormous appreciation from me and, um, and yeah, it, it's uh, just really... Uh, it's like a big pat on the back, you know, when you when you write songs and personal stuff and and people like them. Yeah, it's uh, it it makes you feel like you're doing the right thing. Mm, that's good. And and how does it feel to put your personal thoughts and opinions and experiences into a song and have people listen to it? It must be almost like. I don't know, reading someone's diary or something. Is that a strange thing for you? Um, it's something that takes a bit of getting used to. Um, 
you've got to find a way of letting go. When I was starting out in music, I was, and with the first songs that I wrote, I, I was very good at writing them and then kind of never releasing them. And maybe it was, I didn't really know why, but it was probably a fear of that kind of releasing and that fear of, you know, what will people think? But time is a wonderful thing. And with time and doing it over and over again, uh, you kind of just go, well, this song isn't mine anymore. And now I just want to release lots of lots of albums because um you know i now understand that when you write record and get that master back and have that release scheduled the minute it's out there it is out there and it's not doesn't belong to you anymore um it's for people to digest and take as as they as they will or can Mm, yeah absolutely it sort of becomes everyone else's song however they interpret it i suppose yeah and um so your tracks have been on various spotify playlists which obviously is a benefit for a lot of artists these days and um quite quite an impressive monthly listenership on there actually so um how have you found spotify um working for you um in terms of the pluses and i know there are some drawbacks too there's been lots in the news recently about mps saying artists don't get big enough cut per stream etc so just curious what your experience has been like it's um it's a tr- it's a tricky one because it's the way things seem to have largely gone um i think as an artist nowadays you you have to have every aspect of what you do um firing on all cylinders so you know that can be having your merch shop and having a selection of merch, whether it be vinyl or CD, or if you do T-shirts or whatnot, um, and having that Spotify presence. So, you know, does Spotify work for me? Yes, it does. Um, You know, most people digest music that way now. And, you know, when you're pushing things like uh, tickets to a tour, it's hugely beneficial because you kind of, it's almost like you sacrifice those record sales in the hope of getting the ticket sales, which obviously COVID took away, but I'd like to think we're heading in a different direction now. So um, yeah, they could certainly pay more royalties. We all know that. And because it's such a new thing, I think that they're going to have to. Um, you know, it's all kind of working itself out now. So it's definitely flawed on the royalty payment stuff, but there are lots of pros if you use them to your advantage, I would say. Yeah, exactly, because uh, like you say, you can get exposed to a wide audience that would never hear from you just from, for instance, you being on some random playlist that might be on in the background. Um, so, yeah, pros and cons, I, I, I get what you mean um, by that. Yeah. 
So, okay, let's talk a bit about the new single, so Down the Line. So this is taken from your second album, Legacy. So what's the story behind this song then? What inspired it? So this song is... When I I got my head down and wrote album two, it was all new songs, but there were two very old songs that I were actually two of the first I'd ever written. And one was called Berlin, which you'll find is on the album when it comes out in November. And the other one was this, Down the Line. I actually wrote this song. Um, I was living in Melbourne in Australia and I'd just come out of the pub game. I'd not long been playing the guitar. I was in my first, I'd say I'd been playing the guitar for under a year. Um, playing my first gigs out there and I was the first guy that I started playing music with was a guy I was living with he was, he was called Rafael and he was from Brazil um, he's called, he was from Florianopolis he's a top top guy and he taught me a lot um, he was a bass player himself and he just taught me a lot about kind of getting around the guitar because I'd never really had a lesson um, and he fell in love with a girl out there who was from Sweden. And they, they both had their inevitable um, returns to their home countries to look forward to. And, and, and it was almost like, right, well, when will I see you again? So I had that in mind and I, and I wrote this track just about that. It's kind of like meeting someone having happening happening to to fall for them and and you know going well okay we'll see you down the line then mm. and beautifully um they there was a happy ending there Raphael moved to Sweden and they now have uh, a child together and yeah so oh. it ended all very well good on you Raphael yeah, good lad. In Sweden, very nice as well. It's supposed to be a very nice place yeah. to live. Probably a bit older than Brazil. Yeah, just slightly, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> ups and downs, eh? So, um, has what's sort of inspired your music over the years changed at all, or have you always tended to draw from personal experience or from those around you, aka Raphael and his Swedish lady friend? Um, I. Album one was very observational. It, it wasn't a personal record at all. It was inspired by people. Um, songs like Lighthouse, talking about a social worker. Um, Wedding Bells, talking about someone trapped in a marriage. Um, Blood and Water, talking about... Um, twin brothers so yeah album one not personal whatsoever album two i knew that i had to get a little bit more personal so Mm. album two is very um yeah more kind of about me myself personal experiences um so i would say that inspirations have changed 
where I go with album three, I'm not too sure yet, but I've started writing that. So I'm sure that will come out in the wash sometime soon. Okay. So when's album two out then? Album two, Legacy, um, is out on the 12th of November. Okay. Um, the album tour starts at the Clooney in Newcastle on the 8th of November. And you're already thinking of album three. I love how prepared you are. I would love to get album three out next year. Um, and yeah, I've, I've written the first few songs. Um, and I'd like to try and get it recorded at the end of this year or early next year. So, so yeah, I'm always, I'm trying to just bang out a few records in a, quick succession really mm. I suppose if the inspiration's there and you're kind of in the zone why not get them get them down while you can amen to that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah you mentioned your tour so you're going to be heading out on your own headline tour to support the album later this year starting in Newcastle and then finishing in Glasgow so are you looking forward to this um, I'm guessing yes after the very very long break away from performing live Honestly, I cannot wait. I'm I'm so excited. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be great to go out on a on a tour like this, supporting this record, and and the venues are, are absolutely brilliant. Um, the towns are great. I think I've got followings in all of them. So, so uh, yeah, and obviously after everything we've all been through. It's going to be extra special, so yeah, I'm I'm totally buzzing. Mm. And uh, can you remember what was the last gig you played just before the lockdown and everything? <coughs> um, I got pretty. Um, I was quite blessed actually in August last year in the summer when things were all relaxed. I played a gig at Blenheim Palace um, supporting the wonderful Ed Harcourt who has produced both my records so that was that was awesome um, before the first lockdown the last gig I played I think might have been in Lille in France um, but it's, it's going back a little bit now so yeah Imagine if you'd known then how long it would be before you could perform again. It's madness, isn't it, when you think about it? I would have I would have been absolutely distraught. I, I think we all thought that it was going to be a few weeks. Uh, I remember having another gig in, in France planned for the May. And, uh, and we rearranged it for the June because, you know, it was just like, you know, we'll be back up and running in three or four weeks. But, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the way it panned out. Mm, they, yeah, what were they saying at the time? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, all right, Boris, <laughs> <Yeah>. cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> Been at home ever since, not moved from yeah. this spot. Cool. Um, <laughs> okay, Tom, so where can your lovely fans find out about your gig dates in more details? Would that be on your website, on your social media? Um, yeah, on socials, I am Tom bright music across the board website tombright.co.uk 
all the tour dates are tombright.co.uk forward slash live. The tour dates are everywhere. Um, and yeah, it, the tour starts on the 8th of November at the um, at the Clooney, Newcastle. Then we go to Sunflower Lounge in Birmingham. Um, we've got the Lexington in London on the album launch day on Friday the 12th of November. And we've got the Louisiana in Bristol, uh, the Brunswick in Brighton. Um, we've got the Castle in Manchester and we've got the Poetry Club in Glasgow. So, yeah, um, I'm... I can't wait to meet lots of new people on the road and see some familiar, friendly faces too. Mm, it'll be brilliant to be out in the world again. How nice that will be to have audience interaction, like the good old days. So, yeah, looking forward to that on your behalf then. So I guess in the meantime, we'll just um, wait to hear for later on in the year about Legacy and when that's out and hear what personal things you reveal on it. Thank you very much. I look forward to uh, look forward to your verdict. <laughs> okay, remind me close to the time, Tom, won't you? Absolutely, I will, and <laughs> maybe even see you at uh, one of the gigs on the tour. Yes, wouldn't that be something? Seeing someone in person, not on a Zoom. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brilliant. All right, thanks so much, Tom, and have a wonderful rest of your day without looking out the window because the rain might slightly dampen the mood. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. All Thank right. you. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.